We are Centrepoint Church. This is a recent recording from our Sunday morning gathering. We hope you can join us at the Odeon Cinema in Guildford, Sundays at 10am. Enjoy the message. Well, good morning and happy Easter to you wherever you're watching this morning. My name's Sam, and if you don't know who I am, uh, I work for the Department for Work and Pensions, um, but I also volunteer as a students and 20s worker within the church. And can I just say happy Easter to you again? Um, I don't know how you feel this Easter. It feels strange. Maybe you feel slightly upset that um, you can't celebrate with lots of people. Well, actually, my hope and prayer is that as we reflect on Easter again this morning, you would see that there is so much hope. And I've called this talk Hope in the Midst of Hopelessness. You may feel that our planet, our nation, maybe your community or family feels hopeless or helpless. Well, I believe the message of Easter is that there is hope for all of us. I'm just going to quickly pray and then we'll crack on. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for Easter. Thank you that you rose again. And thank you for what that means for us. I pray you'd speak to us now in Jesus' name. Amen. Football's coming home. It's coming home. It's coming. Football is coming home. Every two years, although sadly not this year, this song is sung up and down the land, from pubs and clubs to people's homes. And whether you like football or even if you hate football, you can't deny that the song takes over the nation for a few weeks every summer, every two years. But why? Why is it that this song is rolled out every two years, the same song? It's not really because the tune's that great. The the lyrics aren't really that poetic. But I think it's successful. I think the reason why it's always sung is it speaks of a hope. It speaks of a hope that one day, one day, England will win a major tournament, that one day football will come home. There's a hope that a victory will come. Well, this message of Easter is a message of even greater hope, not a hope that something will come, but a confident hope that our victory has been won because of Jesus and what he did for us on that first Easter. Many people say lots of different things about Christianity, and sadly, sometimes they can have elements of truth to it. Some people say, ah, Christianity, Christians, judgmental. And sadly, sometimes that can be true. Us as a church may come across as judgmental, even though we absolutely should not. Sometimes people say, "Ah, Christianity, it's boring, it's irrelevant. And although I absolutely believe that it is completely relevant and absolutely critical, sometimes we forget the joy as Christians of the Easter message. But one thing which people can't say, and actually people don't say, is, oh, Christianity, There's no hope in Christianity. There's no hope in the message of the Bible, because actually the message of Christianity and the key message of Easter, the pinnacle of our faith, is that there is tremendous hope, unbelievable joy and a message bursting with love. If you've got a Bible with you, can I encourage you to open it and turn to the book of Luke? We're going to be in chapter 23 to begin with. The words will hopefully come up on the screen. If they don't, don't worry, I'll also read them. And the first point I'm wanting to make today, one of two simple points, is that there is hope for the hopeless because we have a saviour. 
So come with me to Luke 23, starting in verse 39. We join the scene where Jesus is hanging on a cross and there's two people hung next to him. And it says this. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you are under the same sentence. We are punished justly for we are getting what we deserve, what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him, truly, I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. We'll stop there for a minute. I love this passage. It speaks of hope of someone who's literally on death row. And even in that instance, there is hope. But I want to take a bit of time at this point to speak into something which I think often people believe, we ourselves believe, is that we can sometimes feel that our position with God is hopeless because we think, oh, we're too far from God. You might be sitting there thinking, oh, Sam, you don't know what I'm like. You don't know what I think, what I say to other people. You don't know what I do when no one's looking. Okay, maybe I haven't murdered anyone, but Sam, God wouldn't want to be with me. He can't be with me. I'm too far gone. Think of it like this. I've got a 20 pound note here. If I gave you this, or if I was able to go through my screen and then go through your screen and give it to you as a free gift, you'd accept it, wouldn't you? But what if I screw it up and then offered it to you? Would you take it? You probably would. But what if I screw it up again and stamp on it, make it all dirty, and then offered it to you? Would you still take it? I've got some leftovers here for my breakfast. What if I put the note in there and make it sticky and really messy, and then offered it to you? Would you take it? And what if I screwed it up one final time really tight and then offered it to you? Would you take it? I think you would. The answer would still be yes. And the reason why is because it still has value. It's still worth 20 pounds. It has value. You see, the Bible says that all of us were created in the image of God, men and women, to be in relationship with God. You see, you were created and you have value to God and he desperately wants to be in relationship with you. You see, you weren't created to get up, go to work, get home, go to bed, wake up, go to work. We weren't created to live on the conveyor belt of life, one day bleeding into the next. Even though work is great and there's so much joy to be found in the normality of life. Actually, that's not why you were created. We were created to be in relationship with God. And so often we feel hopeless because we feel like God couldn't want us or doesn't want us. Well, the message of the Bible, the message of Easter is we're not hopeless because God doesn't care. I'll say that again. We're not hopeless because God doesn't care. The message of the Bible is we're hopeless because we choose to reject God. But there is hope and there's hope in a saviour. Let's read on and see what Luke 23 has to say for us. From verse 44, the story goes on. It was now about noon 
and darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. For the sun stopped shining and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. When he had said this, he breathed his last. The centurion, seeing what had happened, praised God and said, Surely this was a righteous man. When all the people who had gathered to witness this sight saw what took place, they beat their breasts and went away. There is hope for the hopeless. And that hopelessness, as I said, is not because you're too far from God to help you or that you're or that he doesn't care. No, actually, the Bible says all of us have rejected God. We've turned away from him and said, you know what? I'm going to go my own way. I don't need you. And actually, the Bible says um, that creates a barrier between us and God. So this book represents that barrier. And the Bible calls it sin. And sometimes we might hear the word sin and think, oh, that's just the bad things we do. But actually, a more accurate a definition, if you like, of sin is it simply just the rejection of God saying, I'm going to go my own way. And the Bible says the wages of sin, the right punishment and penalty of our rejection of him is death, is separation from God. But the message of Easter and the joy found on the cross is that God was not satisfied with that. God sees our situation. He sees the barrier between us and him having a relationship with him. And on the cross, God, Jesus, says, I'm going to take that. I'm going to take that rejection and sin off you so that you can have a relationship with me. And that's why we see in verse 44 that darkness comes over the land because darkness was a symbol and a sign of God's judgment. And Jesus himself took that upon us in our place. You see that great transfer over to Jesus. I saw a great story in the news recently of an Italian priest who was in an intensive care unit in Italy. The person next to him in intensive care didn't have the right equipment to survive. The Italian priest did, and he gave up his equipment so that the person next to him could live. The Italian priest died and he sacrificed his life for the man next to him. An incredible story of sacrifice. And the message of Easter is a story of even greater sacrifice because the Bible says that whilst we were still rejecting God, whilst we were still choosing to go our own way, Jesus steps in and takes our place and dies on that cross for me and for you a completely free gift of outrageous, scandalous grace. And the result of that is verse 45. Look at it again. What does it say? Verse 45, the curtain of the temple was torn in two. You see, because of Jesus's death and he takes that punishment for us, that now means that we can have access to God. At that time, God's presence dwelt in the temple and no one could enter God's presence apart from one person once a year. The men and women of God could not enter God's presence. They were separated by this big curtain. But when Jesus dies, that curtain's torn in two from top to bottom because God's the one doing the action, meaning that we can have complete 
free access to God and have the relationship with God that you and I were created for. I said earlier that you and I were made in the image of God to be in a relationship with him. And the work of the cross restores that relationship if we put our trust in him. So what's the response to that? Well, I think the response of the criminal was a very good one. What does he do? He says in verse 41, we are being punished justly for we're getting what we deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Jesus, remember me when you come in to your kingdom. You see what the criminal does there? He recognises that he's in the wrong, that he has rejected God. But then he recognises that he can be saved through Jesus. He falls, although he doesn't obviously because he's hanging, but he metaphorically falls at Jesus and says, I'm wrong, but I know that you can save me. And a bit later on, I'm going to give us an opportunity to respond to that individually. But before I do, the story is not over yet. It gets even better as we come to chapter 24, because in the beginning of chapter 24, we see that our hope in Jesus is secure. It is a secure hope. So let's read from chapter 24, starting at verse one. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee, the son of man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. I love Easter Sunday. And in the church I was growing up at when I was a young lad, um, my favourite part of the service was when the person who was leading the service said, Hallelujah, Christ is risen. And then everyone else responded back to him. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. The resurrection of Jesus is the biggest and most significant turning point in the history of the world. You see, Jesus, he not only took on death for us and took that punishment for us, but he then defeated death. He conquered death. And that shows us two really significant things. One, and that Jesus was who he said he was, that he was God. And secondly, that he's defeated death. And that if we put our trust in him, that we will not have to face death. Yes, we will face an earthly death, as all of us will. But the hope and the message of the resurrection is that we will then face and spend eternity in a place which the Bible calls heaven, which is a place where we dwell in that relationship with God we were always created to have. I said at the beginning that I work for the Department for Work and Pensions, but before I worked there, I worked for the Metropolitan Police in London. And I was once having a discussion with the chief inspector, who was one of my bosses. And we were having a discussion about uh, the 
violent gang situation in London and the deaths which were coming as a result of that. And at the end of that discussion, he said to me, oh, well, who knows where we end up when we die? I, I don't know. No one knows. And actually, in that moment, now this is not common. I think I was had a lot of prayer going on and I was very brave. I said to my chief inspector, I said, well, actually, I think that I do know where I'm going. I do know where I'm ending up because I believe in Jesus and in what he's done for me. And friends, the message of Easter is you can know where you're going. We live in a time, an unprecedented time, where deaths, the number of deaths are reported every day. And it's horrible. It's heartbreaking. We have people we know who are in tough situations. Our prime minister's been in intensive care. And so at this time, I think every one of us has probably at least considered or thought about death, the prospect of death. And we don't like doing it. It's not nice to think about. But as I finish, can I just leave you with a challenge and also a response? And my challenge is this, and I say it with love and grace and tears in my eyes. If you die tonight, would you know where you're going? Would you know where you're going? The message of Easter is you can know where you're going. You can know where you're going because of Jesus and what he did on the cross and through the resurrection. It is a tremendous message of hope. It's not a hope like the English football fan, which I am still hoping for that one day England will win a tournament. You see, that hope is based on something which might happen and might happen in the future. The hope and the message of Christianity is you can have a hope and it is secure because we already have the victory because Jesus has done it for us. He has got the victory over death. I believe that. I know that in all my heart and my being. And I pray that you would know that again today, if it's something you believe. But if it's something you've never heard before, maybe this message of hope and a restored relationship with God is something you've never heard before. Or maybe you've heard but actually today, something's just clicked for you. Well, in a moment, I'm going to pray um, a response. And what I'm going to do there is I'm going to ask if that's something you want to respond to, to repeat it in your heart. And the prayer is going to involve three things. Firstly, a recognition that we've rejected God, that we've got it wrong. A belief that we believe, though, that Jesus can save us and has died for us and took that punishment for us. And a commitment that in view of that, that we would seek to live for him because he deserves it for what he's done for us. So let me pray. And if this is something you want to pray, I encourage you to echo this in your heart. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the message of Easter, for a hope which is secure and a hope which is we have the victory because of what you've done through Jesus. Lord, I'm sorry that I got it wrong and that I've rejected you and gone my own way. But I trust and believe 
in Jesus and what he's done for me on that cross and through his resurrection. And Lord, I believe in that and I pray that you'd now help me to follow you and live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that for the first time today in your heart, tell someone, maybe tell someone you know who's a Christian, maybe tell someone within Centrepoint Church if you know them. We'd love to hear that because that is the best thing you could have ever done and will ever do. Thanks for listening. Please do come and visit us Sundays, 10am at the Odeon Cinema in Guildford. We look forward to seeing you.